This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Knowledge of Wharton on Sirius XM 132, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We're live for two hours each and every weekday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, with our show replaying in the evenings. 12 hours later, 10 p.m. East, 7 p.m. Pacific time here on Sirius XM 132. Japanese car company Toyota recently announcing it's going to share its patents for hybrid vehicle technology for free until the year 2030. This includes some 24,000 patents, which they hope will advance the use of hybrid vehicles around the world in years to come. Hybrids have both a combustion engine and an electric motor to offer high fuel efficiency with low emissions. The Prius was the first mass produced hybrid car and contributed to the 13 million hybrids that Toyota has sold over the years. But other automakers have moved to a, more towards electric vehicles, all electric vehicles, something Toyota has not done. The automaker is pushing the idea that hybrid technology will end up being more effective than EVs. This move also opens up the potential for other automakers to use Toyota hybrid parts and pay fees for consultation services. With more, we are joined on the phone by John Paul McDuffie, management professor here at the Wharton School and director of the program on vehicle and mobility innovation at the Mac Institute. Also with us, Michael Lennox, business professor, associate dean and chief strategy officer with the University of Virginia's Darden School of Business. John Paul, great to have you back with us. Michael, great to have you joining the show. Yeah, good to be here. Great. Thank you. Good to be here as well. Thank you. Michael, start with you. It is interesting, I think, that that Toyota is taking the stance that hybrids, as you move down the road, are going to be the better option, it feels like. And I wonder if that's really uh, the truth here behind this. When I I think about what might be going on here, I think there's maybe a couple of things. Uh, First, I do think we're seeing a transition to uh, all electric, 100% electric. And when we look at like sales of hybrid vehicles and the kind of decline in the U.S. and the continued growth of electric vehicles, are we in the midst of a transition here? So one of the arguments for why you know Toyota might be making this uh, this play is in part to leverage the assets they already have in hybrids um, as that technology shifts. So again, selling that technology, what might even be excess capacity to others, especially in, in China. Um, the second interesting thing that I think is going on is if, if we are moving to uh, electric, you can think of it in two ways. There could be battery-powered electric, but there could also be fuel cells. And Toyota has publicly stated that they're you know, betting on fuel cells. And so this might be in part a play to try to win a standards battle as we move forward um, with 100% electric vehicles. Uh, and, and thinking that you know we have had, uh, you know, especially lithium-ion and battery-powered vehicles from Tesla and BYD and others are kind of in the lead at this point, maybe an attempt to try to bring fuel cells in, more into play than they, uh, than they currently are. John Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fuel cell angle is certainly important to keep in mind because Toyota has been saying that for a while, that they think fuel cells are the more promising future technology and hybrids are the transitional technology and and something i didn't uh, hadn't caught my attention until i read some of these news stories is that toyota opened its patents on fuel cells um back a bunch of years ago 2015 uh no real evidence on how much that's been taken up it's there's no other automaker i can think of that's as bullish on uh, fuel cells as toyota but certainly others are looking at it as well so 
You know, I, I do think that Toyota's had a, a, a genuine belief that hybrids is, are a better transitional technology from internal combustion to um, whatever the future is. And they went on record for a while fairly boldly to say that they thought fully electric, battery electric vehicles were not ready for prime time, that there just were too many ways in which they weren't going to provide everything that customers wanted. Now, in the surge of interest and competitor action around full battery electric vehicles, Toyota's kind of backed off from that, you might almost say, public critique. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that they are going to bring forward some uh, battery electric vehicles of their own. I'm pretty confident that Toyota's knowledge depth on this technology is deep enough that they can do that, that they can bring electric vehicles to market uh, as quickly as they want to. But I think they, you know, they're, they're leveraging something that they've already got in the bag, which is indisputed dominance in hybrids. And why not see if they can uh, get some more leverage out of that by selling the components, selling some consulting services, et cetera. Yeah, that, that was an interesting part to me. And in the fact that they are seemingly willing to, to have their components in, in other vehicles, uh, the consulting services, I, I understand, is part of the process. And, the, and they believe that they are a leader in this area. But the selling of components really was interesting and, and made me wonder, John Paul, about the types of partnerships that Toyota may be looking at down the road. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, Toyota set up a separate electronics subsidiary back when they were doing the early work before Prius was even launched. And everyone was surprised because they had a strong partnership with Denso, which is probably the strongest automotive electronics firm in the world, uh, maybe Bosch uh, in that same category. And the reason really was that they wanted to patent. They wanted to lock up all the patents on the Prius uh, hybrid drivetrain, and they did. And, you know, it's been around for quite a while. They have licensed it to other manufacturers. Uh, I remember that Nissan licensed it for a while and then decided, you know, for us to be the third or fourth car maker in the market with a hybrid, which is not our technology, doesn't do us much good, we're going to go straight to battery electric, and that's when they did uh, the LEAF. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been around. Others could have made a big bet on it if, if they had wanted. It's not clear that Toyota's going to see a rush to buy these components, um, but it is true that with China putting uh, high priority as a, as a government policy on moving towards an electric future, uh, maybe hy- hybrid they'll find is a way to meet some of their government's ambitious goals uh, on the way to full battery electric. But does it feel like, Michael, also that a- as Toyota maybe moves forward with, with some of these ideas, that the styles of the cars that they will be building with, with hybrid technology or maybe partnering with others to build uh, will we'll have a little more zest to them. I, obviously, a lot of people talk about the Prius and, and its, you know, its affordability and what it brings to the average consumer. But then you look on the other side with the EV side and, and what Tesla is trying to do with some of the, the more high-end vehicles that they have. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that uh, maybe has been surprising to Toyota, again, with kind of the success that the Tesla and others have had with electric vehicles, is the value proposition for electric vehicles can be quite strong because it has other parts of functionality that they offer in terms of performance and handling, in terms of acceleration, um, that that maybe add value even beyond just the cost elements here that, that we would worry about. And so I would be worried if I was Toyota that hybrids, again, I think we've all seen as, as a transitional technology to essentially fully electric. And it's not clear to me what the advantages of a hybrid over an electric vehicle are. What about from the cost perspective? Well, once again, you know, one of the interesting things about electric vehicles is they're, they're simple machines. 
Um, yeah. You're basically a, a battery and, a, and an electric motor. Now, the, the concern, and of course, the cost element is driven by the battery price. Right. So as battery prices have come down greatly in the last you know, year or so, um, there is the potential there that I think that just swamps the hybrid, the hybrid market here. Um, and I think that, that, to me, seems to be what the writing on the wall is right now. John Paul? Um, yeah, I mean, hybrid is definitely a more complicated design, and I think that's one of the reasons uh, not that many other automakers went hard after hybrid. Um, Toyota's obviously mastered it and figured out how to build it at scale. They figured out how to take it out of just one you know, branded product, the Prius, and put it in pretty much their whole product line. And I think they've promised there will be a hybrid option pretty much across their product lines going, going forward. You know, we've got a huge amount of stated intent to bring electric to the market by all kinds of automakers. It's not just China. And, you know, the Germans are, are Volkswagen, particularly after Dieselgate, um, uh, making very dramatic claims about how many uh, models will be out there. We haven't seen the consumer demand yet. Why is that? So one might be the cost isn't quite comparable. Battery costs are coming down, as Michael said. I have a hunch that there's also uh, even cost parity won't be enough to get widespread adoption. There's got to be a convenience factor that feels equivalent or some offsetting performance benefit for people who aren't already enthusiasts about the technology. And the charging issue is... Not a big deal if you live in the suburbs and have a garage, but it's a big deal in a lot of other situations. And so I'm not quite as optimistic as uh, Michael may be about uh, seeing a surge in demand for EVs. And, you know, if you bring them to market and they don't sell, uh, then it's going to be tough for these companies to keep on that ambitious timeline. Uh, I think I predict hybrid sales will stick around uh, for a little bit longer, not growing, but providing that transitional uh, product for quite a while. Well, I wonder, Micah, if there's if we really need to focus also on the fact that Toyota recently made the announcement about a new $15 billion investment in, in facilities and projects here in the U.S. and what that is all going to entail uh, in terms of their product lines here in the United States. And if they you know believe or, and they continue to push forward on hybrids, then, then I, I, they obviously see that, that gasoline is going to continue to be some sort of element here in the United States market. Yeah, and I think, you know, again, as, as optimistic as I am on electric vehicles, I, you know, this isn't going to happen tomorrow, right? There, there is going to be a transition phase here uh, that, that will last years. And as a result, I think, you know, exactly to the point just previously made that, you know, there is absolutely going to be demand for hybrids in the, in the short near term here. Um, so I think as they think about their strategies and those investments in the U.S., increasing that portfolio of both hybrids and then eventually electrics makes total sense to me here. I do agree with the statement that, you know, we are seeing decline in hybrid sales, and I think we're going to be seeing this transition. But it's going to take, it's going to take a while. It's not going to be, again, you know, the next 12 months and suddenly everyone's buying electric vehicles. John Paul, I mentioned that this was the second time that, that Toyota had done this. Yep. What was the impact the first time? You know, I don't know much about it, um, but my prediction would be, or my guess would be that since other manufacturers aren't doing a lot with fuel yeah. cell, at least visibly, that they haven't picked up on it in a big way. Um, it makes me wonder if these patents, which in some cases have been around for a while, how much value they have to competitors in their overall technology strategy. You know, Tesla made a big splash a couple of years ago by offering uh, to open up their patents for their charging technology. And 
you know, it, it was certainly a, a bid symbolically to look like, a, a, you know, a, a tech company that, that pursues open standards and is, wants to advance uh, the future of this technology for everybody. That certainly also looked like an effort to uh, get a jump on the standards for charging in the future. So the more people that would adopt Tesla's charging technology, the more Tesla would kind of control where that charging standard would go in the future. I haven't seen much evidence that any of Tesla's uh, major competitors have gone after that. Maybe some smaller companies have. So, again, it was, a, it was a big splash. We all talked about it for a while, and it's not clear that it had that much impact on the general technology uh, competition. And, and I guess, Mike, if, if, if other companies are going more whole hog into, into the EV world, from the strategy perspective, as you said, because of the fact that there is this gap between where we are now and, and maybe down the road in an all-EV world or a mostly EV world, uh, that their strategy is, look, let's focus on the next 10 years or whatever that time frame is, and we'll assess at that point. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, going back to this question of, like, why did Tesla really, you know, release their uh, uh, patents, I totally agree. You know, there's standardization issues here that Tesla is probably trying to control in some way or at least help drive. I also think there's just a simple uh, calculus here that at this point – growth of the sector of electric vehicles is positive for all those involved, right? So as right. electric vehicles become more comfortable, people get uh, maybe over-the-range anxieties people have with electric vehicles, um, that just helps Tesla. So they're at a point in the market, since it's so nascent still, where just simply diffusing uh, the technology, whether it's Tesla or others, is a positive for them. But as you can imagine, as, as competition increases and diffusion increases, that decision calculus will change you know, quite a bit. Uh, between these different players. John Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, you know, I mean, for Tesla to increase enthusiasm about electric helps Tesla and helps the sector and helps its legitimacy. You know, in a funny way, Toyota is obviously a, a, a giant and has been around for a long time. But for, if they can in any way increase uh, public willingness to move beyond internal combustion – and, you know, uh, if, if, if they're going to stop at hybrid as a first step, that helps Toyota, and it probably helps the transition, too. So, again, probably not much for Toyota to lose. A lot of these patents are older. Some of them, frankly, may be relevant to a purely electric uh, vehicle because some of those components are probably usable in either format. So it's 24,000 patents. That's a lot of patents, and I, I doubt that they're all entirely tied up in the hybrid feature of the drivetrain. Um, again, Toyota has pretty deep knowledge on, I, I think, for them to say they don't think uh, battery electric vehicles are ready for prime time doesn't mean that they're underprepared and behind and just trying to diss it. I think it means that they know it deeply, and that's their strategic you know, and, and, and competitive calculation at the moment. I, I kind of think from seeing Toyota in the past, they tend to be slow getting going on things, but they can execute very quickly when they decide it's necessary. So I think if, if battery electric really took off, Toyota could put some models in the market that would be quite competitive. They might stumble for a while, but I, uh, they would not be out of the game. Gentlemen, great to have you with us. Thank you, John Paul. Michael, great to have you with us today. A pleasure. Thank you very much. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.